To be fair, we had some cracking nights when she was a manager down there. She was partial to a little lock-in, wasn't she? <laughs> Okay, and welcome again to episode seven of Dear Me, Pendle Revisited. Uh, my name's Ryan Pocock. I'm here as always with Reese Cairns. Reese, how are you, mate? I'm all right, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely buzzing from the response of um, the, the two-part episodes that we just focused on and the class of Holbridge. So eagerly, um, eagerly awaiting to get cracking on this one as well. Yeah, big, big thank you, big, big thank you. I think to uh, to Royce Aldridge for coming on, um, bit breaking the barrier, being the first of the uh, diving into the unknown, um, and coming on the pod for a little chat with us. Um, Royce, you were superb, mate. Um, so thank you very much for coming on. And boys, we'll be getting we getting plenty more on you. And we've got a couple of guests lined up already for for some future episodes. Um, and we're we're buzzing to get going. Um, but episode seven this week, as we, as we mentioned at the end last week, um, is going to be on post-match venues. Kenzie, what's your, what's your thoughts post-match venues? We had a few. Yeah, we had a few. And obviously, we had the absolute number one that, you know, Pendle wouldn't be Pendle without one of them, that being the crane. But, you know, we made some good memories in the other two uh, in the other two venues. And, um, yeah, this is this is more of an episode not talking about sort of the nights out there or anything like that, that's to come. But um, more to, to do with the sequence after the final whistle and, and where we went and, and what we did and how we did it. I think it's probably best to start off with with a, with a full-time whistle going. Um, yeah. From, yeah, full-time whistle go. Now, I was I was always one as a goalkeeper. I'd help take the nets down, get the nets down. Yeah. Get them in the bin. It meant I could, I could didn't have to go and give handshakes to the to the twats who just beaten us if they didn't want to, <laughs> or you know. And it meant I could, you know, I probably hadn't put the nets up because I'd have been faffing around getting my shin pads and the tie ups and the fucking gloves and the tape on um, before the game. But uh, but it meant afterwards I'd, I'd take a net down, get a corner flag, and, and bring them in. Um, and then we get into the uh, into the showers. Um, now there was a few Dodgers. Um, in the team, Kenzie. Do we want to name and shame? I think we should name and shame the Dodgers right now. Um, yeah. And for all his hard work last week, he's going to be the first name for me, and uh, that would be Roycey. Get fucking, in the shower. Fucking numero uno Dodger, <laughs> wasn't it? Fucking true Dodger of the shower. The amount of times he was sat down the pub after the game, covered in mud, still in kit, yeah. covered in mud on his knees. Ne- um, never got in his own car. It was always someone else's car as well. Yeah. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Yeah. And there was a, there was there was a few others as well. Rob Rob was a bit of a funny one for showering sometimes. Eventually he would come and he'd come and get in and for, for the amount he gets his knob out anywhere everywhere else. Yeah. Um he would he'd never jump in the uh, showers, but no. no, there was some uh, there was some top moments in those showers. Um but I was always one of the last out sort of thing. I think probably because I was I don't know what, I just liked Fanny around, liked my space in the change yeah. room. So once it had all dispersed out a little bit, it never used to bother me being last out. And it, But what it meant there as well is I could keep an eye on who'd fucking left stuff behind for some fines. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah dish them out because there was plenty of shirts and socks and fucking trainers 
that were left behind in the changing room, and I never minded being last one out to make to do a little sweep through and pick up any culprits who uh, who could dip into the fines pot. But um, it was we'd, from there then it'd be it'd be head to to well what like as you said, Kenzie, one of three um, venues. Um, I think it's probably best to start off talking about maybe you know the the sort of general goings on um, in terms of it'd be go down there ideally super sunday watch it get down for a drink chat a little bit about the game um and then watch you know probably watch the first half of the game if it was a good game you yeah. might go on yeah and then it might turn into an all-day session but we um we will start off with with probably the, the pub that we spent the least amount of time in um in terms of post-match and that would yeah. be the castle mate yeah and it was a funny one for me because until we started doing this, I'd completely forgotten that we we went down to Castlemaine after the game. Yeah, uh, the main reason I remember going down to Castlemaine was when I when I touched on me me concussion in the injury episodes because um, I like I say I remember going down there specifically um, and all sitting around their big sort of round tables in, in the main bar area and uh, I think it's because at the time they've got the pool tables and the and the the darts and it was a bit more of a fun place to go. I mean, us boys would go down there, wouldn't we, on various sort of weekends? And we thought, you know, let's try the castle, mate. It might be a little bit more fun because, yeah. you know, the crane was probably a bit, bit of the older generation drunk in there when we uh, first started playing for Pendle. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, again. I think it came back to being that um, that main sort of squad of players who were available week in week out and the place like you say we were drinking um, certainly with it being so close to, to mine and Tomo's house um, was the was the castle main mm. and that was where we were drinking regular and I think we'd, we'd sort of struck up a bit of a um, relationship with with Kelly who fucking ran the, ran the gaff and still runs the gaff um, and from that I think we sort of thought oh let's, let's go down there and have a, have a few drinks and, and see what we can get from memory, there was a little bit of food, but not much. It would be, you know, the odd. All of a sudden, there'd be a little bowl of roast potatoes come out, maybe, or um, or a few little bits like that. But it, it was never like a proper proper spread that we got in in some of the other places, was it? No, no, definitely not, definitely not. Um, um, but yeah, Castle Main, you know, it was all right. And the pros for me with the Castle Main was that their, their screen was pretty decent to watch football. It was a a come and watch football. Um, like pub in the daytime, obviously. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, um, I don't know, it lacked something and we wasn't there for long. No, it was, like I say, I think we, I think we, we started, you know, maybe did half a season, um, probably did a, maybe a couple of months at the crane and didn't quite take to it initially. And then we, we sort of probably managed to twist Paul and uh, Danny and Paul and Brownie and, and Ricky's arm to say, let's go down the, uh, let's go down the castle main instead. Yeah, um, and we we started going there, but again, it was like you say, it was probably only for for a short six month period um, before we went back to the crane and and where we then spent a, a long period of time. And but we will we will come on to the crane, um, but sort of towards towards the end to to jump around a little bit. But there's there's good reason for doing that. But it's it's the mall, yeah. Um, and that was probably where whereas the castle main was sort of linked to to myself and and Tomo. Um, the mall was probably heavily linked to you, um, from a certainly from a location point of view. Yeah, and it, I think it all come about because if you remember rightly, the, the crane went through a stage where it all 
it all started to get a little bit silly down there and it, it weren't really our sort of atmosphere at the time and uh, they went for a refurb so we had to find sort of somewhere else to go anyway and uh, the mall was was right on my doorstep and, and I'd known the, the bloke and his wife, good old fucking Dave for... Uh, <laughs> fucking happy bollocks. Happy bollocks, yeah. You walk in there, keep an eye on you, all you're going in there is get a Mars bar and a newspaper or something like that and he thinks you're going to rob the place but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know who it was, but someone said to me, I know one of my mates, um, mother-in-laws that, and father-in-laws, they used to drink down there on a Wednesday night all the time and played pool. And he said to me, like, well, you know, it's right on your doorstep. They've got dart balls, pool tables. Like, it's cheap up there. Why don't you go and find out? I, I did, and, and I'd done a bit of research, and it turns out, you know, there, there was another team or two, like whether it was football or pool club or golf club that you would go down there drinking and uh yeah he, he sort of welcomed us to come down there but he was he was very sort of like rule orientated our boys we couldn't just go down there and sort of fuck about like we we had hoped but you know it was right on the doorstep and i think it helped with the whole bridge and the south end boys because they liked staying this side of basildon so, to so they could go home easy enough rather than traipsing all the way over to the castle main and then back again you know that sort of thing but um, yeah yeah like, we give it a go and um like i say they had a massive tv to watch the football and us boys loved our darts um it was superb for that but again it was just a little bit like we couldn't truly relax you had like someone come down as a guest and they had to pay a pound and you're like well mate you've got 15 boys here all drinking sod the pound sort of thing yeah it was a it was a weird situation yeah. whereby he sort of didn't seem to like it when it was busy um which is a weird thing to say for you know it was a, it was a big old venue to mall in terms of you know a lot of space to move around and, and we'll definitely you know when we do an episode on on christmas parties or certainly nights out maybe in general yeah we had a fucking absolute barn burner of a Christmas. You know, as yeah. much as we say about rules, we did have a fucking wild yeah. Christmas party there one year. Yeah. Um, but it was a real funny one. All of a sudden, if it got a bit busy. You yeah. Know, we, you remember when we were playing darts down there at times? It was like he'd have his, you know, Cassandra's dad would be down there <laughs> and, and if, with, his, with his pals yeah. and fucking the Chuckle brothers would turn up. Yeah. And, and we'd, we'd go in and play darts and it'd be like we was fucking inconveniencing him. And I think that was probably why... You know, we didn't last a super long amount of time down there. It was because he weren't the most um, inviting of fellas, was he? In terms of no, you know, in terms of what he gave gave to no, us. No, that's right. And he he made his money from his florist and his shop. And the social club was his sort of little hobby, really. Um, and then obviously the mall football club. They drunk down there and turned out that the cup final day was a good crack down there actually, because obviously we were both going back down there. But um, no, I mean, like I say, pros, he, he had the dartboard, big TV. Um, but again, you just can't compare to some of the uh, the managers and the personnel that we knew from the crane, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, to be fair to him, he did, he did come down and watch the, uh, watch the cup final, which is probably more than any of the other um, people who have managed the pubs that we were, were sort of supposedly playing out of. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Did. He did come down and watch when his two teams were playing in the cup final, like mm. some, sort of, uh, some sort of sponsorship mogul. Um, <laughs> yeah, as you said at the start, Kenzie, the main one was, was the crane. 
where the name Pendle comes from, the Crane Pub is on Pendle Drive, and that was where the 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 origin story, if you like, for for the whole of Pendle started. Was they were probably drinking down there, and and uh, and it came out of that. But the Crane, we went through a new, numerous people, um, numerous owners, and numerous managers, I suppose, down there uh, yeah. during the time. Um, first of which was probably Kaz, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who was the manager just before Kaz because I, I remember that like the assistant manager and, and a few of the familiar faces were all still there, but someone left and Kaz came in pretty early on. Um, and to be fair, she she was decent. To be fair to us, she absolutely loved the us lot and could see that she made money off us. Um, and she was sort of the first and only one really to supply us with a massive sort of post match bit of grub which was absolutely superb yeah it was a good varied sort of mix that she um that she did sort of thing um i mean the main the main you know we had some cracking again with the nights and you know we had some cracking nights down there with her and she was like you say always welcome to us mm. another one with the uh with her, her husband was a bit of an odd fellow though wasn't he he was you know i remember always remember he was he, he'd come out with you know he'd often bring the food out and he'd, you know, he'd then be charged with coming to try and get the money out of us. Yeah. And coming over and going, oh, no, it was a, it was a bit more of a, you know, it was, instead of like the the couple of quid each, it was, oh, it's an extra quid each today, boys. Oh, it's the three, four quid each. Now. Yeah. And it was like, oh, fuck, you know, it just, it started to get, you know, the yeah. food wise, maybe there was a, a little period where there was a few less of us going down there. And the food maybe weren't getting as good, and all of a sudden he's trying to charge us more. Yeah. Um, but we probably found out why that was, Ken. <laughs> in the end. Yeah. He. Um, well, I think Kaz gave him the elbow because wasn't he putting his uh, fingers in the till, as, as they say? Yeah. He was having a little steal up, and he was trying to befriend us all because when he did sort of, <laughs> you know, he was probably trying to charge us that that all that little bit extra so he could get a box of fags or something like that. But he tried to like befriend the boys by bringing out like hot chilies and hot sauce come on boys have a little challenge and all that yeah and really that was all just to mask probably this sort of <laughs> bit of a dodgy fucking, geezer he was yeah this yeah. fucking thief that he was the <laughs> but yeah I, but, I don't know obviously kaz moved on sort of uh, uh, not long after that she got a sort of bit more of a dream job for her i think when it comes to a pub was it like i want to say somewhere nearer where she was from or something like that yeah yeah, rings a bell. And then who who did it go on to after afterward? Burb of the dark hair, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Laura. That was the woman that I knew from back in the Keys days, and she yeah. she had managed um, Cahoots and that when it was open in the town. Cahoots, <laughs> fucking hell! There's a blast. Yeah, but unfortunately, her clientele wasn't the the typical crane clientele, and it wasn't sort of something that we all sort of liked or adhered to. But um, to be fair, we had some cracking nights when she was a manager down there. Yeah, she she was partial to a little lock-in, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why we um, won't mention her surname in case she's still in the trade now and she's listening. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, definitely had a few uh, few decent late ones um, when uh, when she was in charge. But yeah. yeah, again, you know, she sort of did a, a little bit of, again, from memory, a little bit of food, but not, yeah. you, know, not you know, not that that was what it was all about. But, um, you know, it was... It was, you know, she was a good, good crack. But it, yeah, it was just that period, and I, I think when, um, when they did the refurb, and I think it was all right up until that point. Maybe it was starting to, maybe mm. we sensed it was starting to turn. Yeah. But when that, that refurb happened, and then it was the, the reopening night, which, for me, was that the Super Saturday, 
um, fucking Olympics night, or was that a different one? I can't remember. I, but it, it very well could have been. Um, um, but because um, the, the Super Saturday, I remember we'd come from yours, yeah, from a, from a barbecue at yours yeah. for, your birth, for your birthday. But, yeah. Um, but I definitely remember it was that it was certainly was the reopening night was the night it all kicked off, oh, and there was time. a lot of people that came down from the Jolly, um, mm. who you know to come and see what the new the new gaff was like, and the straight away the atmosphere felt a little bit um, yeah a little bit sour, and there was um, some unsavoury scenes sort of thing, and I think that was what probably put paid to us having a little um, little time little spell away from there um, yeah. for a year at uh, at the mall, but. Yeah. Um, no, you know, again, to be fair to her, you know, did what she did, made us feel. She she always made us feel welcome. Yeah, certainly. I think you know it was it was the the things outside of it, if you like. Um, and I think through when Kaz was manager as well, and certainly then when Laura was manager, um, the girl working behind the bar, Nikki, who then took over when Laura left, um, she was a fucking diamond. Oh, she was superb. I mean, she was there from the off sort of one way or another or on and off through the, the sort of nine, ten years. And then to become the manager was absolutely superb for us. She said from the off that you you lot, you boys are like the absolute sort of gems down here. The problem is they're investing so much, I'm not going to be able to sponsor you what you once was sponsored by the crane, which which was a shame, but we all, we, we felt they was the unofficial sponsor anyway. But she yeah. was absolutely blinding to us. And she didn't care what we did. She knew that we would never kick off. We'd never start. I think we never cause any shit. Um, and because we'd not, everyone had known her. They were quite happy asking favours or we're going to have this. We're going to have presentation do this day. And also she knew all the other locals as well. So there was that good bond again back throughout the crane. Yeah, yeah, and that was a that you know that meant that you know certainly we uh we left it on a on a on a good note sort of thing um when she was uh when she was running it it was it was fantastic sort of thing mm. again and, and she definitely would come um heavily into the into the nights out um nights out bracket down there as well yes definitely um but then we, we sort of had you know there was there's many different things that happened um sort of post match down at, at the venue sort of thing um definitely at a crane you had the uh the beer raffle, which which lasted only a short period of time, and I yeah. think it was probably at a time when I didn't have many many people down there. But it was a, a beer raffle where you won. I think they was giving away a gallon and a half gallon. Yeah. Um, generally every Sunday, and it was. And I remember there was one Sunday we won them both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was a that was a that was a lovely little session to uh, to pick up a few uh, few freebies from a from a little raffle, and then. And then the classic meat raffle as well. Yeah, we didn't do bad on that. I mean, obviously, the, the Pendle boys, we formed probably a third of the people in there at, at midday on a, on a Sunday, uh, yeah. one o'clock, whenever they made the draw. So we was bound to do something. And I can picture like Benno like, winning something once, absolutely ecstatic, walking through the pub with his bit of meat aloft over his head. Um, <laughs> and, and, no, and there's never, never a more fucking appropriate image no, that's there than right. fucking... Ben strolling through like a scene out of fucking Oliver Twist, <laughs> holding aloft a lovely piece of gammon that he's just won in the meat raffle at the crane on yeah. a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that absolutely like, fantastic. And I think from there, seeing that they were sort of raising money, the uh, the old school, how do, can we raise money 
ourselves for the club. And to be fair to him, and we haven't mentioned him much, which shocks me, but to be fair, good old Pete Booth was the man to rake us in, I think, 20 or 40 quid every week on the bus stop, going straight in the club's pocket. Yeah, yeah, he used to fucking love love going around and uh, and getting the money out of um, everyone, and that was a you know that was a real one for for us as a as a lot of youngsters with not not loads of money sitting in our pockets to uh, to bring in a little bit of a little bit of money from um, from all the others all the other locals and regulars down the crane. Yeah, um, it was was fantastic work, really. Yeah, and for those who are listening who don't know what the bus stop game is, it's a classic scratch card game where you add probably you know 40 teams on this uh, card where you paid your pound you writ your name on your on your club and then at the end the draw Pete would scratch it off or, or get someone uh, in the pub to scratch it off and if that was your team you'd win the 20 quid and the club would make 20 quid something like that and uh, it was simple but effective absolutely blinding and in true Pete fashion he'd try and make sure that no one took their winnings and it would all just stay in the club anyway, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is superb work from Peter Booth. That's what you want from your chairman. Yeah, definitely. That was sort of the non-footballing side of things. So on the footballing side of things, um, we, had a, we had a few various activities over the years um, that, that we used to do for, for sort of post-match analysis, if you like, and um, that sort of helped towards... Um, end of season awards and things like that, mm. um, and the first of which I I've got written down was sort of you know your general voting for man of the match. Um, now I think how that started, Kenzie, you were mentioning. You reckon it was just originally it was just Paul's a sort of you know um, dictatorship. Paul decided who man of the match was. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm sure at least for a while he did that. Maybe like for a season or, or, or two, or um... It was I don't know. He definitely had like the uh, the deadlock vote at, at times, but um, no, I, I think he he definitely voted for his man of the matches. And then I think that turned into later the year. The years went on. He used to write down his votes, no matter how we used to vote. And then that turned into his overall manager's player as well. I think. Yeah, um, but we used to do the you know. It then became a bit more of a sort of a committee decision in terms of you know maybe a few of the few of the wiser heads but it was for, for a good period of time as well it was done on a you know just everyone who was everyone who was there would have it would get a vote or everyone who played usually we try and pull the votes from yeah from people who, even if they didn't come to the pub they'd get a text about who they wanted for man of the match that's right um, yeah definitely and that sort of led to the to the to the sort of the history if you like of the of the classic Red Machino shirt <laughs> donated by Peter Booth um, for the man of the match, and I and I did a bit of a looking up on Facebook as to to see who the winners we had of this were over the over the time. So this was this was for the 2011-2012 season, <laughs> um, which I've got a feeling may have been our first season in the Prem. Um, from looking at it, because there was a league table at the end of it, and I can tell you how we got on in the league as well. Oh, right. So I think the inaugural winner, and this does seem to ring true, was Mr. Owen Axel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it then went to Ben, which is a name that repeats um, numerous times throughout this uh, this little list. But Benny Francis picked up um, picked it up next. Then he went to yourself, Kenzie, for what looked like a gaming goal over Pixie. 
um, uh, versus Pitsy over Baz United in the mist. Yeah, and I can tell you, I, one of the only books I've still got knocking about um, is that, that season. I, I found the page, League Match 5, and this was, they were still called Regal then. And, okay. and we won 5-4. I got man the match. Bill got two, Jack got two, and Jim got one. So oh, there we go. I, I reckon I, I'm well. You must. Have, you must. Have, it could have. It could easily have been eight four nine four by the sound nine five by the sounds of things. Poss- possibly, yeah. I'm looking at the match votes. I got five. Roycey and Bill got four each. So I imagine Roycey sat up a few of the goals that day. Um, Tom Tom Dell and Stumble on the bench. Yeah, there are pictures on Facebook where we're over Baz United playing Regal, and Stumble's definitely donned the shirt that day. Yeah, and I think well, you, that, sorry, that might say, have been the day where we had a famous sort of belly button incident, and that's where Tom was so yeah. pissed he had to yeah. stay on the bench that day. Yes, that yes. was <laughs> yeah, even because of Royce's smelly belly. Button. <laughs> um, and and then, funny enough, the next um, the, well, the next winner I had down was Stumble. Whether that was maybe the game with the, the infamous or the famous. Uh, the famous tap in at the back post off the, it, on the quick winner. Yeah. Now we spoke about this in the goals episode. We actually got score wrong. Looking at it here, League Match Six versus Recreativo, we won three two. Goals from Billy, Dan, and Stumble. Stumble man of the match. <laughs> so yeah, so, it must have been gone to two all, yeah. and Stumble's then picked one up at the back post. Yeah. And, and that man of the match. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next, the next one again. I'm only going through what the photos were, but the next photo. Uh, time-wise, was um, was Mitchell Cairns, who was very proud to announce in the comments um, that he got 10 out of 13 votes as well. Um, so he must have had an absolute blind. He, he must have had a blind. I didn't even write the votes down because I reckon he must have... Uh, everyone must have just been saying his name. Yeah, and be fair, we won 5-1 against Recreativo, so back-to-back games. Uh, Jack got a hat-trick, Royce and Bill were on the score sheets and Dell got man the match. So that'll be one not to mention a Jack too often. Oh, he'll fucking be all over us on that one. The text will come <laughs> flying through. I reckon at about 7.35 yeah. on Sunday night, we'll be getting a, ah, oh, boys, I'm fucking, oh, got a hat-trick, can you get fucking man the match? Fucking having a right moan up. Yeah. Um, then it went. Then it sort of the next one I came into into the start of 2012 and it was it was yourself, Cairns, you picked it up a, Picked it up again. The next one is is, um, is one that, as much as Jack wants to have a bonus, he, he uh, he's going to struggle with. But it was Jack on the fifteenth of Jan, um, and strangely, on the photo of him in the man of the match shirt, he was pulling a very Rob Stan esque <laughs> face um, in the photo. And I think a couple of people, he must have been tagged in it, and a couple of his Facebook friends. Um, struck up a bit of a conversation about fucking watching Jeremy Kyle um, in the comments, weirdly enough. Um, but that was on the 15th of January. And then it, the next time the, fo- the shirt was seen, and there was a comment that said um, that this was the first time it had been seen. And it hadn't been seen because Jack Stam hadn't returned the shirt. Yeah. Um, retrospective action, question mark. Um, I think that there there could definitely be some sort of um, some sort of fine or forfeit coming his way um, eight years down the line, albeit. <laughs> but it, it wasn't then seen until the twenty seventh of February. Um, so there was a good six, five week six week period there where the uh, the shirt was AWOL. Yeah. Um, in Jack Stone's bedroom, which is uh, which is disappointing to see. 
um, and, and not the sort of behaviour you want to see. But 27th for Feb, it was won by Ben again. Yeah. Um, he, he went on a bit of a tear at this point. Um, because then the next week it was Roycey. Yeah. Um, and Roycey, in a photo, a photo on Facebook, he, he fucking wouldn't put the shirt on. Said he didn't agree with the fact that he voted. He said everyone had had a good game. Um, <laughs> modest as always, Roycey. But um, we think that was in the, the prime phase of you not wanting to pose for any fucking photos. Yeah. And being a right Mardi ass whenever someone got a camera out. Um, now you're fucking all over Insta. But yeah. um, we couldn't get a photo of you for loving the money then. And then the last two um, photos on there were, were both of Ben again. He won. He sort of won three out of the last four by the looks of things. Um, and the last one of which was actually the, the game that Royce mentioned last week, where Benno picked up the hat. Yeah. Because the comment on it says the hat trick hero, Benny Francis. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's got um, definitely a couple of back to back ones there. It, it missed a couple out for whatever reason. <laughs> there was a second man in the match for stumble. For some reason, oh wow! I, I, I want to say someone's written me book, but it does look like my writing. Um, <laughs> but that this must have been a period where we couldn't get a photo of the shirt because the shirt was was still in Jack's house. Possibly, yeah, possibly. But um, but yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun old season that of, of doing it, and the, the shirt was um was certainly not allowed to be washed. Um, and I and I think the the tradition of the shirt died out a little bit because Royce did a few. Um, disgusting things. We, you know, you talk about the belly button. There was a few smells and stuff lurking around that shirt yeah. after we returned it. Yeah. Um, and I think Ben took one for the team in uh, in, in keeping away. I mean, if that shirt's knocking around anywhere, that I'd, I'd fucking pay good money for that to be framed um, and fucking held aloft um, at the end of what what will likely end up being a fucking Pender Old Boys charity match. That if that weren't a fucking yeah. Some sort of prize or raffled off for fucking for uh, for some sort of charity. Yeah, I mean that'd be. Uh... I mean the Pendle boys. I mean <laughs> they haven't got the greatest of reputations for returning kit. Oh, I won't say nothing. <laughs> but um, if that shirt is anywhere, I'd like to say it's in the loft at my mum's house or or in the shed or in the garage. But um, I've got a feeling, uh, Dell, you'll have to uh, you'll have to have a little look if you can when you get yeah. get a minute. But um, but yeah, that was I think that that season it looked like then there was a, a photo of the league um, following that season where we we finished fifth in a prem. Wybacks um, a absolutely romped the league, um, losing one game out of fourteen, scoring forty eight and conceding six. <laughs> so uh, yeah. a bit of a mismatch um, in the in the league that year. Yeah. But it did, did help them that they had fucking Wybacks B playing the league. Yeah, so definitely. Like definitely. Whacked their own B team. Yeah. But that was that was sort of the start, and then the, the man of the match sort of evolved on after that. Um, into we sort of did a we had a sort of player rating out of ten um, system, um, and it would have been, and I think again that was a sort of that would have definitely have been a committee. Um, maybe that was where we went on to a committee of probably me, you, Spenno. Um, Paul and and maybe one or two others who were who were sort of sensible heads, um, putting together a bit of a, a system to to vote on player ratings for everyone, yeah. which then again led to a you know an overall average rating for for sort of one sort of player in a season. Yeah, um, I think it started off, you know, whatever the boys was down there, but it, it got quite sort of hard when you had sort of eight, nine, ten, eleven people doing ratings on sort of 11, 12, 13 people. Like you say, yeah. then we sort of 
tapped it in a bit and just had like a committee sort of doing the uh, the ratings. And I think the ratings come about because there was votes were getting sort of easily voted towards sort of certain people. You could say like their friends or family or couldn't be bothered to vote. But people that was playing sort of decent week in, week out weren't sort of given the sort of recognition and were just missing out because the famous quote, it was expected or whatever, could yeah. could come to mind. And um, funny enough, that you know, that, that year, <laughs> that was the year I won it. And I think I was slowly, casually sort of plodding along with some good seven, eight, nine performances and I think Ben comes second, and it and it said a lot, you know, like me and Ben sort of playing every week and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the the ratings did work out like pretty fairly. And if you looked at sort of like the top five um, from from my memory, it it did look like there were sort of more consistent players. And yeah, it, we didn't do it a second year, but I thought you know it was a uh, well, I'm going to say it worked out well because I won from it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of it because then it gives sort of five people's opinions. You know what I mean? Five or six yeah. opinions. I, I think the only thing we probably did have was we would have never have been ridiculous. You know, I, I bet no, I bet you look back over that season, no one ever scored lower than a five. I wouldn't imagine. No, I can't imagine we'd have ever. We'd have ever dug. It weren't really in our nature, I don't think, to dig people out to the point of scoring them down as a two or a three, yeah. unless they'd had an absolute. Hand. Yeah, but, and that's difficult but, between friends to look at them and go, "Mate, you, yeah. you were shit today." It's like, well, you yeah, know, it's not ideal, but yeah, no, it worked mm. out all right. And then from there, we sort of moved on to to doing the uh, the old fantasy points, um, which was something that I'd um, I'd found a website that, that sort of set it up and it was meant to do it, and then. In the end, that worked out a bit shit, so I just made up my own one. But mm. it was, um, I think we did that for two seasons from memory. Um, maybe the, or certainly the last, one of, one of the last seasons. Um, and I think Jay from memory might have won that. Yeah, I was going to um, say, it was definitely a, a Jay level, um, you know, a season when we, when we u- used it, at least, whether it was one or two. And I quite liked it. I think we we spread the points out quite evenly, quite nicely. I mean, yes, it did suit some than others and others would, would struggle because, you know, when you do a system like that and you've got your lads who don't go up for corners or, you, yeah. you know, it, it's difficult. But um, it, it, it was a way to try and get everyone playing sort of as a team and as an individual without, you know, trying to be a glory hunter or, you know, things like that. And again, it was another modern way of doing things, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think you like to say it was just something a little bit different to uh, to keep it, try and spice it up, and and keep it going really. Post match, you know, the boys we did have a laugh, and people, you know, liked before the crane had the renovation. We had a little area up the top, and we could play darts. Yeah. And I remember when you threw the dart in Dell's foot that that day, <laughs> and I remember winning the bet with Man United two 0 down at half time, and I said if we win this, I'll buy the beers for Mersey and. You know, Man United won three two. Just just classic little moments like that to do with you know just Pendle as a club rather than the on field stuff. And then obviously the nights out were absolutely superb, which I can't wait to talk about one day in the future. But um, yeah, definitely. Oh, and the odd occasion that Pete would um, bring Richard down dressed back to front and just leave <laughs> leave a man who needs a you know, a scooter up up the steps on his own. You know that sort of thing. Um, and they were the little, boot, yeah, very yeah. and they were the little funny things that oh, I absolutely loved with the place. Superb. But 
yeah, it was just a great place to go down and have a have a chat about how, how things were going, what was going on, and and just have a laugh. And and you know, also as well, we're all football. You know, we all love football. We're football fans, so we you know we watch a game and have a you know try and pick up a few skills and fucking you're watching a good goal or something. You know, it it was you know just good times being down the pub um, post match. <laughs> So we're going to be talking through a top five grounds slash facility. So it can be a bit of both. I think we're going to cross over a little bit here between actual the pitches that we played on, but also then the changing rooms and facilities that surrounded some of those um, some of those grounds sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and the first the first one I had actually was, um, and there'll probably be for different reasons. Um, the first one I put down was the Chichester um, or Pros pros ground over by the Chichester. I don't know what even know what that fucking ground was called. Um and that seems a bit of a weird one, but it was for me it was a I thought always thought it was a nice flat pitch. Um the goals I thought there was something for me about about a ground always was made if it had a good goal or a good net, for me that always just put a little bit of fucking extra sparkle um on a on a ground or certainly on the on the sort of pitch side of things. Um, the showers over there were a toilet, um, literally probably. Well, that was all. That um, was awful. That is just bad. Yeah, but for me, that was that was one of the ones that came to mind for me in terms of, you know, facilities, pitches. That was a that was one for me. Um, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Pro had a, a lovely pitch, decent sized pitch. It just it hasn't made my list just because the other factor of it just absolutely yeah. like shite change rooms, but. One for me that sort of made my list, and again, I, I, I do mine in a sort of like five, four, three, two, one. This is, I'll mention this first because of the sort of Jekyll and Hyde sort of um, reasoning behind it. And and growing up in, in Basildon, um, you always want to play over Baz United. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought their pitch, all right, it was a little bit sandy at times, but big old decent pitch, you know, you, you, you're playing on a, on a, a proper sort of like semi-professional pitch and um, all right, the changing rooms weren't amazing. It, it was, you know, it was big enough. It was, you can tell it's old school, but you know, with the tunnel and, you know, being local, if you're, if you're a Basden lad, you know, you should have your cup finals and that there. Um, I, I just like playing there the few times that we could play there. I love going over Basden United. And because we used to drink there underage as well in, in their bar there. So uh, <laughs> it was very close to the heart over Basden United. Yeah, and it, it made my list for, for sort of similar reasons. I felt like, yeah, like I say, showers were a, dis- were a disgrace. Albeit I think they got done up sort of somewhere towards the end. Yeah. But, they, um, but it always felt quite big time being over there. Um, I think one of the, you know, the old man played there is when he, you know, in the in the 90s sort of thing. So probably being over there then with it being packed out. Yeah. Um, I always remember we, as, as school boys as well, we ended up doing like, we were ball boys for, um, for some big cup game or big league game um, that was nothing to do with Baz United. So it must, maybe it was a cup game, but it was like on a neutral venue. Right. And the place was fucking heaving with people. I just remember, and we were ball boys. And I just, I think probably from that, it always just gave you that feel of, yeah, it's big time. Like you say, coming out the change rooms into it, into the little tunnel area, the stands, having the dugouts. It just, mm. um, again, it just gave it that little bit of class, yeah. even though it was in a shithole. Yeah, definitely. Sort of 
Yeah, so sort of next on my list, and if you want, we can even stay down the same road if you want. And <laughs> and that was Folds, and that was whether yeah. or not you was playing <laughs> on on one side of the road or the other. And and the reason I like Falls, I thought the pitches on I, I don't know what you call it on the Cranes Farm Road side of it. Um, the front, uh, yeah, the, you know, the front pitch is the main they had, pitch one and two. Yeah, they had a, like a good net, good solid um, like uh, clubhouse, and the changing rooms was decent. As much as we always had to change in the multiple changing rooms over the road, which I quite like, big massive showers. You know, the they, room was they okay. Didn't, they didn't, they didn't have changing rooms over over on the front side. Did they not? The, the only, no, the only changing rooms over forwards are over, you know, are across the road. Oh, sort of thing, so it's but, just the social club and. Um, and the, yeah, uh, bar, bar, and, and that, yeah. bar and that. But yeah, again, that was that was another one for me that sort of, you know, I, I thought that was a bit of a real good all rounder because yeah. you know, like you say, yeah, change rooms were decent. You know, the actual room, I suppose itself was was pretty basic. Yeah. Um, but you know, decent enough showers. But yeah, and the pitches were just lush, and and it was a place where you actually you felt like, oh yeah, we could stay and have a beer here afterwards, yeah. and it be. Feel right, and it always brought back memories for me of going to watch my dad play and not mm. being allowed in the main bar. Yeah. And going over watch, getting shouted at by my dad, yeah. trying to go in the changing room <laughs> at half time to get a bit of money <laughs> and fucking. But it just yeah, I, I always thought it was, again, it was always felt like a nice touch of the home of playing today. We were very close to moving there one season, slightly towards the end. It was just too much money. Um, mm. and you know you don't get your atmosphere when it's just the team in the bar you know we got the atmosphere from the crane so but yeah, yeah but Ford's made my list even the pitches on the other side were, were fairly decent they kept it alright over there Ford's to be fair to them next on your list mate uh, next this is a strange one but for me this was for local and definitely when they had their upgrade of the school uh, decent big decent changing rooms and you know, the pitches were okay, and that was basketball. I didn't mind playing over basketball. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because we, we talked about how we were going to do this and how we were going to split this up, everyone. And we said, should we do it as grounds and we just talk about our favourite grounds and pitches, or should we talk about facilities? And my thing was sort of saying, now let's talk about it all together because then we'll end up with a little bit of a different list. <laughs> Next on my list, the fucking basketball for yeah. exactly the same fucking reasons. <laughs> I mean, their pitches were, they were just school pitches, weren't they? I mean, yeah. fucking compared to Chalvin, they was Wembley, to be fair. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't mind basketball. Turn up, you know, good facilities, little walk between changing room and, uh, and field. Yeah, and that, yeah, and oh, if it was wet over there, it was, it was cooled off. It was bound to be, but... Yeah, I didn't mind basketball. Um, I think it was definitely a good one to have as an away ground. What you wouldn't want there is that to be your own pitch and you've got to fucking carry the yeah. nets all the way back every every time. Yeah, that's true. But it was right, like you say, once we um, once we once they'd done it up and they had that new area, big change rooms, decent showers. Because yeah. I remember we played over there one, probably only once or twice when it was in the old the old thing, and yeah. those showers were fucking. Golden hot. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I think it was that four-all game I mentioned against fucking Albion. Yeah, um, playing over there. I remember scalding hot showers there. Yeah. Fucking absolutely rip, rip, rip skin off you. Um, so I'll say the next one on your list is probably next, the the last one left on my list, um, and that's the Asher over James Ormsby. Yeah, I mean James Ormsby has has got to make the list, uh, and and like even the little pitches over there where you could play, you know, were decent enough, but. Turn up James Ormsby, even even before 
they had the modern changing rooms, like where we used to get changed for most of the charity matches and stuff. The, the, mm. the ones inside were big and decent enough and good showers. You could have a right good crack in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember the first the first charity match. We were definitely in there. We had yeah. all the all the stuff on pegs. It was a right fucking yeah, right good crack in that chat. You know, music going on in the chain room. Loads of space to dance around, dick around. Yeah. Big showers to dance around and dick around in as well. Yeah. Um, the other main reason I put it was, especially playing on the Astro, um, you never had to run far to go and get the ball for a goal kick. <laughs> no, um, which right. was a real bonus for me, sort of thing. And, and I thought their Astro was superb. There was a year towards the end where they was they let it go a bit, but I mean that was the place for for Pendle to have their proper pre-season friendlies because we couldn't have them over Holy, and uh, and we had you know most of the charity matches on that pitch as well. Um, mm. Just absolutely. Superb venue. There was no ag either with that school. There's another couple of schools over the over the time that was good, but just a bit ag, you know. And it was always yeah. something. But no, James Ormsey was brilliant. Yeah, and so the last one. So we've had four the same. Um, I had the Chichester. The last one on your list, Kenzie. Um, well, I mean, the the only one we haven't mentioned uh, is Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, I, I will before I say Holy Cross I did have a sort of 6-1 and I just touched on it there but a bit of an honourable mention yeah and you know what apart from the ag I had with it um, and the fact that they couldn't take down the two wires that stem the length of the pitch <laughs> was the new woodlands because their their changing rooms was absolutely stunning um, yeah. and it was like next door to each other when like the two teams didn't know the teams of the charity day it was like, right, you here, you next door. Absolutely was like a fun way to do it. We yeah, had a yeah. good crowd over there. Pitch was absolutely beautiful. Like I say, but they just let themselves down by leaving the uh, the wires that section the pitch. You can put nets on them and stuff like that. And, yeah, and the caretaker I mean, being a bit of a knob at the end. Yeah, I mean, I thought the ref handled things brilliantly that day with with, with the the incidents that were going on. I thought he was right on top of things. Yeah, he was up to date um, with across modern technology, wasn't he, as well? <laughs> yeah, and he said he's, ten, he's fucking free kick spray. Yeah. Fair honourable mention, uh, that one there. But yeah, Holy Cross, Kenzie. Well, you know, it was our home. And as much as you could say, well, AstroTurf, it's better to play on AstroTurf, better to have, you know, bigger changing rooms. With Holy Cross, you've got Holy Cross... The crane, the manager of Pendle on the same sort of what half mile stretch of road, if that to each <laughs> yeah. other, it was just the that was our club, that locality that was, was our club. And pitch free was absolutely beautiful pitch, it was flat. The only thing is, it just obviously had the, the bushes behind one end, which you know we struggled with balls and that in there and cost us a lot of money. So eventually we moved to pitch four, which just had that slight incline on the on the uh, on on one side, and it, you know it did come into play, especially if you was um, playing left wing like some of us did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I you know in the changing rooms they were small, but the showers were the best in the business. They were they were first first class showers. Um, I think the, the the interesting thing with Holy Cross is, is how often we ended up playing there as an away team. Yeah, um, and you know, the, I think if you was an away team there, you'd have and always, you know, never played that as your home pitch. You'd see that place in a completely different light, wouldn't you? In that, if you went and played away, it was almost like the old school, 
mentality of setting up a real shit um, away changing room mm. um, to intimidate your opponents. Because yeah. what you had over there, you ended up having, you know, what was there, four or five pitches over at Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, and you'd have five teams trying to change in fucking two changing rooms with three of the shittest showers you'd ever you'd ever see in your life over in that um, in the sort of cricket pavilion, I think it was, wasn't it? But yeah, that's right. In the uh, in the home side of things, yeah, it was um, it was first class in terms of banter, um, you know, showers being good. You didn't have too much trouble over there in terms of you know more often than not we had the right gear in the in the in the bins for the nets. Um, you know, I was a bit gutted that they took away the, um, the old fucking stanchions or the, the, yeah. the, the braces on the, on the side sort of thing when we moved pitches. Cause they were, they were, again, added another little touch of class, I think just yeah, and for how the nets it was looked. Strange decision you know, because, you know, me for one, me, Paul, um, a few regulars like Charlie and that Dell, you know, we took pride in putting the nets up and we really made the nets the bollocks. And then, you know, you get the council of let you down by not cutting the pitch or, you know, the white lines are shit. And I remember once the, the actual um, supervisor was over there and Paul had them cut the pitch half an hour before kick-off, like he asked the bloke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, took pride in, in in our pitch and Holy Cross. And, and, and like you say, absolutely spot on with if you was the away team, it would look proper shit. But it was actually really good, really good yeah. over there. But most more often than not, when we were the away team, we 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 sort of did we did have to we did have to travel, so to speak, and go and play on pitch one and two. Yeah, I don't really remember us playing too many um, away games on pitches three and four that were you know that were our home pitches um, for those years. It was the those those other pitches, but they were you know they were decent enough pitches as well. Pitch one and two, where they were quite flat and yeah, um, didn't have the slopes of and obviously just the overhanging trees you were playing left back <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. One. Okay, guys, and that's going to bring us pretty much to the end now of episode seven. Um, some great memories uh, there, talking about the the times we had down the crane um, and some of the, the glory times. But the next episode we're going to talk about is probably some of the uh, some of the darker moments, certainly where you want to. Uh, hide under the covers and with episode 8 we're going to be talking about howlers um, as a goalkeeper I certainly had a few um, but there's a number of us who, um, who had a few few moments so um, Mr Tommy Sadler probably an episode for you to skip um, <laughs> but, uh, but there'll definitely be um, there'll definitely be some funny stories whether it be own goals own goals gaffes red cards um, you know but we're, uh, we're going to talk about it it's time yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for a player that did a little bit of time in goal with the odd couple of howlers himself and um, witnessed many, many referee howlers and uh, maybe some decisions that were howlers. Um, yeah, going to be a funny one next week. Yeah. But no, it's been a pleasure, Kenzie. Um, and we uh, I look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, mate. look forward. And I'll see you again. Yeah.